Hello, everyone. Welcome to the It's Not About Me podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode and for making me a part of your day. Let's dive in. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the It's Not About Me podcast. Today, I have a special guest, Valerie Probesfeld. She is the host of the Two Mom podcast, which is a great, great podcast. Um, She talks a lot about the brain in a way that all of us can understand. Um, And she kind of breaks down the functions of the brain and how it works to help us make decisions and improve decisions. Um, And she also talks about her life as a mom um, and the importance of self-love and self-grace. So thank you for coming on, Valerie. Thank you for having me. Of course, of course. So today I want to focus on a specific topic um, that you bring up in one of your episodes, and it's about mental highways and back roads, um, which is, I think is a, a huge thing that a lot of people don't know happens in the brain. Um, so would you like to explain exactly what those things are? Absolutely. Yeah. So I... Uh, And again, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate you having me as a guest here today. And I love your podcast. And so for mental backroads and highways, I started talking about that a few years ago when um, it helps me as a mom and as uh, just an adult to uh, write down my feelings sometimes. Like it just helps to do that. And one day I was like writing and reading some books about neuroplasticity of the brain because, you know, we hear so much about our children's brains and how they're constantly growing. They're constantly rewiring, but we don't hear as much about adult brains. And when I started journaling, like, and kind of talking about how can I change my own thoughts, my own self-talk, um, it, it it became more apparent that there are ways that the adult brain can be plastic, can be changing. And how that is, is to develop back roads in our brains. And so I utilize the example of neural networks. So our brains consist of billions of neurons, our nerve cells, brain cells, um, as well as trillions of connections between those cells. And so these connections are talking all the time. And we have highways of connections that are essentially habits. Um, They can be good or bad, but it's a conditioned response that we are, it it goes quickly. Like the travel goes very fast from, you know, if I have a thought, which is usually, I would say, well, depending what the thought is. Like if I have a thought of, okay, I am going to, do this podcast with you today. It's coming from this part of my brain, the prefrontal cortex, the human part of my brain. But if I have like a memory uh, or a fear or something like that, that comes from a different part of my brain. It comes from more of the animal part, that limbic system. Um, It's sometimes referred to as the reptilian brain. All animals, including humans, have this. So if I hear a sound that's concerning to me, if I see something that's concerning, or if I think of something, even if like I'm running late or something like that, and it essentially triggers that fear center, it will be a highway to different parts of my brain to create that fight, flight, or freeze response. And so the fight, flight, or freeze response, the amygdala, our fear center, that limbic system, the reptilian part of our brain, doesn't really differentiate is the fear real 
or false. Okay. I, I sometimes compare it to like a tornado siren. So, um, if a siren's going off, it may be because of a tornado or it may be just a test siren, but it sounds the same. And I can't necessarily pay attention when there's an alarm going off as well as if there, there wasn't. So my prefrontal cortex, again, that more human part of my brain, the planning part, the one that makes me respond as opposed to react isn't working as well. So highways have kind of developed from these habits. So like if I um, get frustrated fairly quickly, which I do sometimes, <laughs> um, it is a part of that like fight, flight, or freeze part of my brain having a highway to the stress response and essentially not utilizing the road back to my prefrontal cortex saying, mm, maybe this is a false alarm. It's not a life or death situation that we're running late. So I have to figure out how to take a back road in those instances. And sometimes back roads are so hard to do. I mean, like highways, our brains want to take the path of least resistance, especially as we grow. Like after we're about age 25, it is a lot harder to grow new pathways and new nerve cells, but it's not impossible. It just takes a little bit more effort. I kind of, um, I think of it sometimes as exercise. Like if I'm training for a half marathon, for example, like it's going to be hard to do at first, but if I keep at it, I keep working on it, then my muscles will get stronger. And the brain truly is a muscle. If I keep taking a back road as opposed to a highway, then that pathway will get stronger. And eventually that back road can become a highway in itself. Um, and so, but again, that takes practice and it takes thinking about it sometimes beforehand. So if I know that if I'm getting my kids ready for school on time, like that's something that I struggle with that I'm good. I may yell. I can think about it before that happens because I have my human part of my brain activated. I can say, Hmm, what's a back road I can take. Maybe I can be more mindful in the moment, or maybe I can be more, um, uh, show gratitude or compassion. There's so many back roads that we can take that I write and talk about. Um, but those are like a couple of the main ones that seem to help me where you know, my kids are three, five, and seven. So if I can say, you know, I'm just going to live in this moment right now, they're not going to be this young for forever. And so what if we're late? like, I'm watching them play and I'm being mindful of this moment. So when I think about it that way, I took a back road as opposed to a highway instead of yelling because we're late. Um, so, so yeah, that's essentially what I would call the difference between those two. Perfect. You broke that down so well. And you oh, said you. so many things that just clicked for me as you were talking. I was like, yeah, oh my God, yes. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so just to kind of emphasize and piggyback on everything that you just explained. Um, mm -hmm. First of all, I think it's super cool that evidently the adult brain can change because we always have that question, like, yes. can people change? And a lot of people think that we can't, but mm -hmm. literally we can. The brain has the ability to create new pathways. No matter how many years you've done something one way, you still have the ability to change. And I think that's so just valid to know, especially when we're talking about more of our, our 
you know, emotional triggers and emotional mindset, because obviously we know that the brain is wired for protection. But when we think about it, we think about a physical threat. We don't really associate it so much with like a, an emotional threat. Like I talk about in, in my first episode, but even those, even those, those triggers, if we, in the moment we have a choice to make, we can choose, okay, even though I know I normally react this way, or I normally perceive something this way, I can take a back road. I can change my mindset in that moment and choose to react differently. And I think that's so powerful as a human being to know that, you know, we can make better choices despite a lifetime of, of, you know, lifetime of reactions or lifetime of, of being one way, we can better our mindset and we can take better other, other, other pathways. So I think that's so huge. And Mm -hmm. I like that you were talking about making a decision beforehand, because that's also super crucial. I think that it's hard. It's much harder to make that snap decision in the moment because we get so emotional and we're angry and we're upset. And like, like you said, our frontal cortex, it's not the one in that moment. It, it, it yes. is the, the, the more emotional <laughs> part, the fight or flight part of our brain. So if you have a game plan at the very beginning of your day and you think to yourself, okay, today, if this happens, I will react a different way. I think that's like the best way to ensure a change because it's easier when you have a game plan and when you already decided in your mind what you're going to do. So that's Mm -hmm. good to know. That's a great tip to just, hey, start off your day. If you know you're going to be triggered by something, if you know that there are inevitable things that are going to happen in the day, just prepare for it, prepare for it, make a decision beforehand. And then in that moment, you'll remember, oh, I said that I was going to react a different way. So let me go ahead. Let me make the choice. Let me react uh-huh. a different way. So it's it's a much easier thing to do. And Absolutely. Yeah. And I also think it's important, like you said, it takes practice. Just like everything else in life, it takes practice. We're never going to be, you know, butterflies overnight. Like everything takes time and we're all works in progress. And as long as you put in the time, as long as you have a mindset of whatever it is, whatever change you want to make, as long as that's in your mind and you're daily thinking, okay, I'm going to work on this today. I'm going to do this today. It takes daily practice, but it can happen. If you put in the effort, it can happen and we can better ourselves, which is so cool. So thank you for breaking that down because that was so just easy to understand. Oh, that's great. Well, thank you. Yeah, I think that a lot of this comes from, um, well, there's a couple uh, uh, like key players in in these concepts. Um, So I know um, what really struck me was when I learned from a child psychiatrist um, or he's a psychologist, but he essentially like broke down the concept of the power of yet. And Mm -hmm. um, that's by Carol Dweck's and uh, it's actually taught a lot in schools. I've noticed with my kids' schools, they talk about it. It's also referred to as the growth mindset. Um, we teach our children this now, even like Sesame street has episodes on it, which is so cool. Mm -hmm. Um, cause Carol Dweck's essentially, she did all sorts of research, amazing uh, research that shows that, uh, if children are shown, um, that they did not fail, like that they changed their mindset from failing to not yet. So maybe I didn't do something as well as I wanted to. That doesn't necessarily mean I'm failing or I'm a failure. It just means not yet. And when I heard that, I was like, I can utilize that 
on myself. Like I, it's just not yet. So, I mean, this is so much easier said than done. I mean, I know for me, like I'll sometimes use the example of when there was a bee in my car, like it just kept buzzing around and I couldn't drive well because there's a fear. My flight or flight is triggered. And no matter how much I could say, like, this is a false response, like, you know, like trying to talk to my prefrontal cortex, it's wasn't working. It's this is for survival purposes. That's a normal response to help us survive. But what we have to do is kind of ride out those emotions. So I had to pull the car over and just, you know, get the bee out and then go about my day. So it's just, and some people, um, me included, um, just need to work on it more and that's okay. That's like what it is to be human. And it's really just that reaction, lengthening the space between reaction and response. Um, Victor Frankl talks about that. He's a Holocaust survivor, um, like just um, really interesting stuff. But essentially, like he um, said, how do I lengthen that response? Because it's so powerful. And that's where our growth happens. That's where that neuroplasticity happens. Um, I was really inspired by Andrew Huberman, who's a neuroscientist. He has his own podcast as well called The Huberman Lab. He talks in depth about um, neuroplasticity in adults and like how it's different from kids, but it is possible. And I think that really is so encouraging for everyone to know that, you know, there are certain conditions and like if you're sleeping and, you know, certain times of the day and all of that, that goes into play with it. But mm -hmm. at the end of the day, it is possible. Like if we think about, you know, it, kids versus adults, like if a child has um, like a stroke in an area of their brain, um, it's essentially wired to like restructure itself fairly easily for adults. It's not as easy to do, but it is possible. I mean, there's a really interesting book um, by Jill Boyd, Bolt Taylor. She's um, a neuroanatomist, I believe from Harvard. And she essentially had a she had a stroke and she wrote about her recovery journey. And it was just so eye-opening to see how much she worked with her brain and um, kind of rebuilt those neurons. And this was all like in her adulthood after age 25. Um, I also talk a little bit about the story of Phineas Gage. Um, he is a character, well, not a character, he was a person. So, but it, it's a, essentially the story is told in many medical schools or psychology schools. Um, so Phineas Gage in, I believe, uh, 1838, he was a railroad worker in Vermont and um, experienced a injury while he was working at his job where um, an iron, there was an explosion and an iron rod went through his head. And it went through the prefrontal cortex area. So that human part. And oh, he didn't die from this. But over the years, he became more like an animal than a man. And um, and essentially, I mean, it wasn't over the years. Like after that injury, he became mm -hmm. more animal-like than a man. His doctor um, in 1848 wrote about it, Dr. Harlow. And there's pictures on the internet if you want to see exactly where you know the rod came. Like we have a picture of him. Uh, um, and, but so we talk about that story a lot as to understanding brain anatomy and mm -hmm. how injuries can affect your personality is. And, um, but what we don't talk about as much is, um, a few decades later, Phineas went to South America 
and became a stagecoach driver, which driving really does like involve other parts of the brain. Like Mm -hmm. you don't see animals like doing activities like that. Mm -hmm. So it really does point to how plastic our brains are. Like even if you have a rod from a railroad explosion, like so there is hope. And and that's what I really want my listeners to, to know that there is hope for you to change and not even change because we all are, we're, we all have our own habits and things that we want to work on, Mm -hmm. but just to take more of those back roads and to build the back roads that you want to work on. Like if you want to smile more in your life, um, you know, just start doing it. Baby steps is really like, you know, maybe like a few minutes a day, like think of someone or something that makes you smile and smile at a loved one. And, you know, sometimes that can help boost your mood. Like studies show that smiling essentially fakes the brain saying Mm -hmm. I'm smiling. So now I'm, my brain thinks I'm happy and you know, like you're faking your brain, but it still is creating that pathway and a stronger pathway, um, or being, having gratitude, and compassion, like that can sometimes help, like doing some type of um, volunteer activity is really beneficial as well, as well as like working with hands. Um, I know um, James Clear in his book, Atomic Habits, will say like, make the habit easy. Um, So like, if you want to go, like, if you want to run more, for example, how can you make it easy to do? Like maybe put your shoes out, um, put all your running gear right by the door. So you don't have to like fumble through it for like five or 10 minutes, getting it ready. Um, so, so I do that sometimes when I want to exercise, um, or making it fun. Like I love to, um, put in my calendar, you know, going, I'm going to go run this day, or maybe I want to be more, um, mindful. So if I put that in my calendar, then I can check it off when I am, I'm like, okay, like my type A personality likes me checking (laughs) off things. (laughs) It's like a good rush of dopamine or something. But, uh, so yeah, that's, um, some other like points as to, you know, what, what I work on and what I encourage my listeners to work on. Cause I mean, really at the end of the day, um, I feel like everyone just is, we're entirely too hard on ourselves and the self-talk that we, we give to ourselves is just, it's something that a lot of times, unfortunately, can be a highway. But we really, if we, you know, think about our inner child, think about how does a loved one view me? Um, those are taking back roads, um, or maybe how how is nature? You know, how if I go out for a walk in nature, like if I'm in a mood, like let me look at the trees and you know what colors are they? And looking at the sky, that's taking a back road. And um, your brain really it it takes the path. Uh, it it take it does take easy paths. It likes to do that, but at the same time, it likes to think. Like it's it is a thinking that's like our survival. Like that's like bears are big. Like tigers have claws and teeth. Like humans like we think, and sometimes that's great, but other times that we get in our own way. So kind of steering the brain in a different direction, like working with your hands with gardening or drawing, that can help me sometimes too. Um, so yeah. Yeah. A lot of other great stuff that you said. I'm going to try to expand on it too. Um, I think that like, as you're talking about mental highways and, and I like that you said that everybody has their own journey of improvement because we are all Mm -hmm. different and we've all experienced different things. So we all have different highways. We all have different 
things that we perceive as dangerous based on on our experiences with our parents, our siblings, our family members, our friends. Um, so I think that's just important to know that everybody has a different goal when it comes to changes. Like mm-hmm. you don't have to change everything, but there are definitely things that we can all improve on in our own lives. And only we can know what those things are. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think just thinking about that, it's important to understand where your mental highway comes from, like what built your mental highway, because there are things that we for sure need to be afraid of, like, Mm -hmm. like wild animals, that's a for sure thing. But there Mm -hmm. are things that really like are highways that were created that shouldn't really be there. Like, for Mm -hmm. example, like in my own life, I would say this is a mental highway. Um, If I if I start to get emotional about something and I'm in front of other people, I don't like to cry in front of other people because as a child, I felt like I wasn't allowed to have emotions. So that experience shaped my brain and it told me, okay, if you feel like you're going to start crying, leave the room, right? Because I don't want somebody to make me feel bad about getting emotional, right? So there are highways that are built based on our experiences. And I think it's important to know what belongs there and what doesn't belong there. What what really is necessary for you and your well-being and what is a cause of, of, of an experience. And then when you are able to analyze and understand, okay, wait, that shouldn't be there. I shouldn't be this way. This isn't healthy for me. I, I need to improve this. And then you kind of know, okay, when this is going to happen, I need to make a different choice. So for me, it would be okay, if I feel like I'm getting emotional and I am going to start crying, I'm not going to isolate myself. I'm just going to stay and I'm going to cry it out, which is something that I've been working on recently. It's just like actually staying in a conversation regardless of whether tears come out. And which is like a huge thing for me because I I legitimately hate doing that. But I've Uh done it a couple of times because I, I already have in my mind, okay, I can't be this way. Like you said, that preparation, that kind of mindset, that you have before even anything even happening. I'm like, okay, I know I want to improve this. So in the moment where it starts to happen, I'm like, I'm just going to stick it out because this isn't actually dangerous. This isn't, this isn't a threat to me. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna have receive any kind of harm by crying in front of somebody else. So I think that's, that's just a great thing to understand highways and back roads and, and where they come from, why they're there. What, what's really, benefiting you and what's not how can you improve what back road should you take and when should you take it it's a lot (laughs) it's a lot when you think about it because it's so intricate the brain is so intricate and the way that we perceive things is so intricate sometimes we're not even aware of of our trauma and like why it is that we are the way that we are until we kind of like do research and learn from other people and hear other people's stories Um, but it's just great to know that that's an option that we can take a back road, that we can change our mindset. And it really all happens with the mindset. You have to want to change a behavior to change it. It's not going to change on its own. And that's a literal thing that we see in the brain. You have to make the choice in the moment. And I like that you talked about, um, like perspective too, because you were talking about your kids and how, you were like, okay, well, this, these are the moments I'm going to have with my kids right now. If we're late, we're late. Like that, that also matters just like the way that we perceive situations. Cause sometimes we, we are so caught up in our stress and we kind of 
forget to take a step back sometimes and look at a situation objectively. Like, is this really like, like if I'm late, is it okay? Like, Mm -hmm. it's okay if I'm late once or twice, like as long as I get to spend this time with my kids, like I should be focused on this time. And we, we like, don't do that. Sometimes we're so caught up in like, in, in things that we think that we need to do. And oh my gosh, the consequences when really the consequences are not going to be that serious and and that keeps us from experiencing joy and enjoying the day and and it does make us not live in the moment which is something else that I struggle with is that living in the moment because I'm so caught up on these things that don't even matter mm-hmm. so I like that you touched on that too and 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 about writing things out and and I think that's helpful too because it's one thing to think something and to think okay I'm gonna be like this in this situation. And it's another thing to declare it. When you write it on a piece of paper, you're declaring, you're like, no, I, I visualize this. This is in <laughs> front of me. I took it out of my system. I put it on a piece of paper. And this is my statement that when this happens, I am going to make this change. And I think that's huge. Like it just adds that extra factor, that extra stamp. And it just reminds you because you, you, you remember things that you write. Like when you put your pen to a paper, your brain remembers that. So it's even more of a reinforcement when it happens. So I think those are just awesome tips for anyone that's trying to learn how to take a back road from a mental highway. Thank you. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, absolutely. It's, it, it, it's very much, you know, practicing and, um, you know, and for me, I, I think, you know, with the steps to change, the first step is awareness. So sometimes mm-hmm. like it took me a long time to even be aware that I had these highways. Like mm-hmm. it was just, oh, this is me that I, I get that, you know, frustrated sometimes, which, which we all do have, you know, our own highways, like we were saying before. And sometimes it, it is, um, having that awareness, um, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I always encourage my listeners, you know, talk with a trusted friend or family member, talk with your doctor about what your options are, because sometimes, you know, I compare when I get really stressed out, um, you know, out of the ordinary, I would say, Mm -hmm. you know, if it's a thunderstorm or something like that. So like when there's a storm that comes through, um, a community, you know, there's damage and there's physical damage that happens, but we also have internal thunderstorms and with internal thunderstorms, you know, it, it feels just like there's just as much damage sometimes, but you know, the difference is with communities when there's damage, we seek outside help. There's outside help that happens. Um, but for internally, it's the same thing, like seeking outside help. If you feel like you need it, you know, there is resources available. And that's a lot of my, what I talk about as well as like getting those resources out there because, um, there is help available. Um, it's just kind of, you know, um, just, we, we aren't meant to do our, uh, do life on our own. We have friends and family or, you know, um, uh, spirituality or, uh, but definitely, you know, um, talk with your healthcare provider. If you have any, you know, uh, concerns about that. Um, also I wanted to talk about, um, just with love. I know you touched base on, um, being loving. And mm-hmm. that's like a big, I think ultimately, you know, the brain is so complex that you can say like, oh, well, you know, there's all these like back roads and, and highways to this area of the brain, this area of the brain, like you can like kind of go all day about what parts of the brain and it's just all this Latin stuff and everything. But really at the end of the day, I feel like if you are moving forward in love and having that ripple effect, that is a back 
back road in itself. And that just keeps um, getting stronger if you do, okay, what, what action brings uh, more love to my life and to the life of others? And typically, you know, that, that can get you out of your own, like, your own thoughts sometimes. Um, so that's another thing that I think is so important that I wish we, you know, as a society would talk more about, cause I think there would be so much more, um, you know, or so much less fear and anger and more love if we, if we did that more often. Absolutely. It's funny that you mentioned that because I just, um, recorded an episode about loving and how essential it is to healing. And it is so true that like, and, and I talk about the cultural love versus biblical love, just cause I am a Christian and I, I, I go to, to the biblical love. Cause to me, that's, that's mm-hmm. the real one. Um, but it is, it's so true that when you live with that mindset of, of other people, and you're aware that your actions affect other people and you care about how your actions affect other people, that is a back road in itself because that's a whole mindset to have it. It changes the way that you behave in a day because you you have other people in mind and you kind of think twice about bringing negativity or saying something negative or, you know, it, it's, it's a really good, um, a really good, I, I, I don't know what word I'm missing the word in my head, but like, it's the only thing that can combat anything else. Like the stress, love can combat it fear love can combat it like love is so powerful that it is the greatest tool that we have and it is the greatest um resource for back roads because it it really does just change your whole perspective and it and it does allow that gratitude that you were talking about which gratitude is a huge motivator in your day to day just when you're when you're grateful just in general you're able to notice things more and and have a clearer vision and you appreciate the little things and and things don't seem so negative because you're like oh man like what a great life I have like how awesome is it that I get to have this and have that and you enjoy it more so I think that's huge just love in general is such an essential part of the healing process and of changing just in general Mm -hmm. absolutely it reminds me um Oh gosh. And I, I hope I'm uh, quoting him right. I believe it's Dr. Bezel van der Kolk. I, um, I believe it was from him, um, but it was something that I heard a few years ago that I thought was very interesting where um, he was talking about being in a school and arm wrestling and what is stronger. If you think of uh, something that you are fearful about or you don't like, um, versus if you think about something that you love, what will make you stronger? And it really was when people thought about love. So I just thought that was like a really cool, um, you know, visual and, and feeling of how love is so, so powerful. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, I have one last question for you. Cause I think this is just good for people to know. I know a lot of people, it's, it's easier to change a situation that's not so profound. And I feel like it's harder to change a situation or an experience that's more traumatic. And a lot of people, unfortunately, their brains do have trauma. So I'm wondering in this process of turning a mental highway into a back road, one, is it possible? And two, is it going to take longer than your average bad experience? 
uh, from a traumatic experience. I mean, like for, this is just speaking from my own trauma. I'd mm-hmm. say it's a bit more difficult. Um, I'm not a trauma expert where I just um, essentially like have read a lot of trauma. Ex- like Dr. Basil Van Derkolk, he um, talks a lot about trauma. He has a book called The Body Keeps Score. Um, that's a very helpful read. Um, I feel like you know, if you have trauma, I encourage you, you know, to reach out to your healthcare provider about what the best steps are for you. Um, but essentially, you know, trauma, I use the example for me um, when I had some experiences that I needed to work through with my daughter being in the NICU. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, so there was a lot of, um, it just was a lot of intense feelings at that time. And it reminded me of when I was in high school or college or something, I was younger at the time, um, where I was taking a walk and um, a German shepherd came and bit my arm and, and would not let go. And in the moment, I didn't feel any pain. I just wanted to get the dog off me. Mm-hmm. And um, it was it, it was a very like intense situation where like, but now I can still remember it. It's almost like time stopped to exist. Like I can go straight back to that moment in my head. Um, and when I was in the NICU, it kind of like w- was similar in those experiences where like, I can go right back to, to that experience. And it's just, um, it is something that, you know, we're beginning to, I feel like understand a bit more about trauma, but it is so, there's so much more. Like when I talk about um, living in the present moment, um, my anxiety so much is in the future. Like I'm traveling, I have an amazing, amazing time machine. We all have amazing time machines in our brains and um, we're constantly time traveling. We're either time traveling to the future of what if, what if this happens scenarios mm-hmm. Or, you know, of the past of like trauma, going back to that, um, or, you know, thinking, ruminating or something like that. But really the only place that you can time travel with, with someone else is truly the, you can't, like, you have to be in the present. Like you mm-hmm. time travel is lonely otherwise, because like, we can't really take anyone with us to all of these, you know, different times. So it's, um, it's something that I definitely think is so worth, you know, taking that journey. It's like a, a, taking that first step of awareness and seeing, you know, where, where can I go for help? What can I do? If you do have um, experiences that you need to, or feel like you should work through. Um, and I just think that, you know, for me also doing drawings and stuff that helps me. I think that was something Dr. Diesel van der Kolk talked about as well. Like sometimes I can't like think about an experience, like I don't have words for it. So I'll draw it out. And then it's that act of drawing that I, for me, it helps the drawing part of it. So, um, so yeah, that, that's what I would recommend. And then I all, always say, you know, like, um, uh, like my website has like all the, like, um, well, maybe it, I don't know if I have it on an episode or not, but, um, you know, it's always so important. Like, it's okay not to be okay. You know, mm-hmm. like we just, you just want to make sure that you're talking to someone. Um, there's, you know, there's, I always like to have people be aware of, um, you know, there's the suicide hotline, 988, mm-hmm. like you can call text 24 hours. I believe it's in English and Spanish. Um, so just, but there's all other resources to, uh, you know, just, I I wish we could um, talk more about mental health and Mm -hmm. bring it, decrease that stigma. It's so Mm -hmm. important to talk about this. Mm -hmm. So 
I hope that answers your question. <laughs> yes, absolutely. There are different methods of release. I think that's really important. And what works for one person may not work for somebody else. So it's mm-hmm. important to find what works for you. Um, I think that's a huge tip. And and really, it just starts with, like you said, just being aware that there is even something there and figuring yeah. it out, figuring out how to let it out of your system and not feeling like you have to keep it in because so much can be resolved just by getting something out, especially, like you said, community is so important. And there really is a lot of relief that comes from being able to tell someone that you're struggling with something and being able to receive that emotional support that goes so far in our healing process. So like you said, just to reiterate, talk to someone, find, find someone you can trust a community, whether even therapy, I've done therapy before and it's helpful. Um, Mm -hmm. A therapist, sometimes it can be as simple as a friend. Um, But definitely it's important to, to share. Absolutely. And I thought it was just kind of an interesting little tidbit that, um, you know, this whole saying of, okay, it's okay to not be okay. Um, actually the word, okay, is, um, like a, not, it's like a, a term that is from the 1800s that was not even like a term. It's like, um, it was from a political campaign. Um, gosh, I don't remember the president, but he didn't win. So literally, okay didn't win the, the election oh and, wow um, van buren i believe it was um but it was old kinderhook was where he was from um but also at the same time there was a newspaper article that was running where they were just playing on words they were supposed to say all correct but they did all correct like with an o and a k as opposed to an a and a c I don't get the humor of why that was so funny, <laughs> but apparently it was back in the day. But I just thought that was interesting that literally, you know, okay comes from this not okay thing that it's just like even throughout history, like we are all human. We're all, we're, none of us are perfect and that's okay. That's, mm-hmm. you know, it's just um, loving everyone. And like you said, like I am a Christian too, and I just, and making sure that, you know, like I love to just talk with, talk with God that helps me to let go, to release. Um, and if you, um, just want to focus on spiritual thing, I think sometimes like just focusing on a river, water flowing through a river, through rocks that seems to help Mm -hmm. with visuals, you know, whatever works for you. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. I agree. 100%. Um, well, Valerie, that is all the questions that I have for you today. Thank you, Thank you so, so much. much. Thank you for coming on and giving my listeners some expert information that is so valuable to changing and being better. Um, yeah. Thank you for taking the time and coming on. I so appreciate it. And if you guys want to catch Valerie Probesfeld, she's got her <laughs> own podcast called To Mom, um, which I'll drop the link in the show notes. So you guys can go check her out. Um, she's got great episodes and you'll definitely learn a lot from her. So thanks again, Valerie. Thank you so much. It was so much fun. Thanks again for listening to this episode. Don't forget to answer the poll question and to click follow to keep up with the latest content. You don't want to miss an episode. See you on the next one.